Trigger warning. This episode does have brief mention of sexual assault, rape, and kidnapping. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Kingsters, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Kinky as Fuck podcast with me, your host, The Reverend. Um, well, we're back. Not sure what happened last week, but you know what? That was last week. Uh, we're fine now. Everything's fine. Uh, how are you? <laughs> All right. Anyway. This week on the podcast, we actually are going to be talking about something that has been on your minds for a while. Now, for the last five seasons, I've gotten requests for people wanting to hear more about the mommy dom, a little bit more of the taboo, a lot of the, you know, big little diaper play, uh, you know, a lot of that kind of uh, more almost family role play and dynamic and I finally had someone uh, pop up and say, I know all about this. I'd love to talk about it. And after speaking with her, I'm like, yes, I must have her on the show. And that is the one and only Miss Mei Ling. Miss Mei Ling is a traveling and professional pro-dom who is normally based out of Los Angeles and Las Vegas, but I hear she is currently in Honolulu or something like that. And I'm like, wow, I'm jealous. Anyway, so uh, we're going to be talking all about her and her website, MissMayLing.com. That'll be in the show notes. And a lot, lot more. But first, I need to say thank you to all of my amazing sponsors. Starting with FetishForLife.com. Show your love for everything kinky and fetish as fuck with t-shirts, play bags, coffee mugs, and so much more. All of that by Fetish Artist, the artist who knows what fetish tastes like. And also we have SanctuaryLAX.com. They are back in full swing at a new location. They're doing their classes, their support groups, their uh, professional sessions. They're open and they're ready. So go to SanctuaryLAX.com and check out what they have on their roster this month. It's got something for everybody. And last but not least, I gotta say thank you to Spotify. And other than that, Kingsters, let's start the show. And now it's time for the Kinkiest Fuck Podcast with your host, The Reverend. Be very, very quiet. We're looking for <laughs> This week on the podcast, we have diaper play, age play, and much more with Miss Mailing. Oh, 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 my baby's naked. Yay! Are you ready yet? Nope. Are you ready yet? No. Are you ready yet? No. Okay. A big shout out to all of our sponsors that make this podcast possible. The Kinkiest Fuck Podcast. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash kinkyafpodcast. Yay! Now fuck. All right, Kingsters, with me in the studio, as we said, we have the one and only Miss Mei Ling. Thank you so much for being here. How are you today? I'm doing marvelous. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, I'm, as I said before I hit record, I'm in the middle of a... uh, new construction kind of thing i just moved to a new studio here in utah and uh yeah we're we're making do we're making do congratulations i like how you're looking around like judging it already 
it's it's a process. Yeah, it is definitely a process. And you know, I'm I'm looking up at the at the ball gag, and I'm looking over here at the shibari thing. You guys can't see what's behind me, and that's completely fine too. <laughs> All right, so um, we actually connected on on FetLife, and you have brought up a subject that people have been almost pestering me about. They want to know more about age play and diaper play and like family dynamics and that kind of thing. And who else to bring it up but Miss Mayling? Oh, juicy, juicy information. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, um, where do I start? There's so many things. Well, let's go ahead and start actually with uh, with your history. What got you into kink in the first place, and how did that lead into uh, diaper play and age play? All right, so this question is always a heavy hitter, but I have narrowed it down to go through it pretty quickly. At the age of 15, I was raped and then sexually assaulted and held hostage for two years. Mm. After years of therapy... Now I feel empowered to hold space for others to work through their trauma. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> kind of owning uh, what happened and making it more of a uh, a safe place than a traumatic place. Is that about yeah. right? Very much so. I mm. mean, you can either allow it to eat up your entire life and just wallow and be in this black hole of sorrow or, you know, take control into your own matters and create the reality that you want. Well, there you go. Okay, fantastic. Why don't we go ahead and start with when did you join in the scene and, uh, you know, did you start as a bottom? Did you start as a top? Did you train under anybody? I started out as a bottom specifically a rope bunny and i did that for about two years okay and from then i was like oh i want to do this now like something just switched in my mind where i was like okay and as i was traveling and playing with various people i would ask them to teach me and so my skill set is from a wide variety of people um, from all over the world because I spent four years traveling the world, basically living the life of kink, just going to play parties and just like living it 24-7. And it's been a huge part of my life and it is now. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and ever since then, I was just like, okay, well, it's helped me so much with my past that I want to be able to give back to others and be able to hold that space for them. So, yeah. Well, wonderful. All right. So let's start with diaper play because I am someone on the outside looking in. I have... I haven't worn a diaper since I was potty trained. So um, <laughs> I, I don't see the appeal. I don't really understand. But why don't you tell me what people are looking for? What is the what is the kink behind it? Or what is the comfort behind a diaper? I'm going to give some mm, parallel examples, which more people can relate to, such as a 
blanket, a, um, you know, fresh laundry out of the dryer, nice and warm, or a, what's that called? The weighted blanket. Okay. Yeah. So those are all mm, kind of like wrapping around you, nice, warm and cozy feeling, kind of gives you the feeling of like, oh, there's nothing out in the world that could like bother me because I feel protected and this is like my safe space. And that's generally what people feel when they are in a diaper. That's if they love diapers. If they don't love diapers and they're going into one, it's probably because of a humiliation aspect. Gotcha. Okay. Which diapers is just like a tool, right? But you can play so many ways with it. So there's bladder control. There's the embarrassing factor of like, oh, them wetting themselves. Or if they get into messing, um, then you can be like, oh my gosh, you're stinky, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you're filthy. You have to carry your filth around with you. Um, or the aspect of just like discreet public play where it's kind of like wearing panties, right? But mm-hmm. okay. it could be even more embarrassing because it's a diaper. <laughs> like, I feel like panties is kind of like the gateway, right? Like, oh, right. Yeah, that's cool. You're wearing a thong, cute. But like you see someone wearing a diaper and you're like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can understand that because I'm really heavily into chastity play. And a lot of people have that fear of being caught in public wearing a chastity cage. So, I mean, I... I see the parallel there. That's uh, that's something I hadn't thought about before, really. Okay. Diapers are also a very soft chastity cage. Well, that's that's also true. <laughs> I feel like there's like no way to cheat with a diaper as well. Whereas a chastity cage, you can kind of pull it out, right? But like once a diaper is super securely on you, or like you put some plastic pants around there too and lock it up, there is no way you're touching yourself down there. Well, that is also very true. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) You're like intriguing. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, this could be interesting. So what about on the other side, you putting someone into, um, into a diaper? Like what is the, the top role and what does that look like a lot of times? A lot of people ask, like, what do you get out of it? And it really fulfills my nurturing side. Like, I want to not really, mm, I want to have a kid, but not really have a kid without the commitment (laughs) of 18 years, per se. So role playing this idea, right, and being like, oh, that feels good, right? I got the Asian mom inside of me, I let her out, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also... Super cute looking, really fun. Um, I feel like there's so many creative ways you can do so many things with diapers, right? You can put them in a bathtub and for a bath time and like let it soak up. And depending on how many diapers and how much water it holds, it can be like a really big weight for them being like Hmm. maybe 25 pounds. (laughs) Really? Of water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, it's funny because, you know, whenever I do ask someone, what do you get out of it? 
it does it it is a very important question because you know what do you get out of it i know what the bottom is getting out of it because we you know a lot of us started out as bottoms and we understand what uh what we're going through in that moment but let's also talk about you wanted to talk about more of the uh age play dynamic as well so you get a lot of nurturing out of it and you get to have that safe space for people but uh you know what does a a big or a mommy or a daddy or what have you uh get into more of we wanted to talk a little bit more of the the darker taboos of of age play what goes on there on the top side first of all i want to like create a clear cut line right here okay. it's so taboo because people are thinking like oh my god they're pedophiles or <laughs> something and i'm like right this is role play yeah. you know when you role play as a teacher and student you're not like an adult student are you you're probably more like oh high school or something or yeah. you know if you want to go even less than that uh whatever elementary school second grade first grade and you're just like and, and, yeah I yeah totally really. and for people to get into that mindset it really takes away from to to watch somebody regress is just like so healing for me because that is the ultimate of like let go and surrender and I'm just like, great, now I can mold you and do whatever I want because <laughs> I can tell you're super susceptible now and I am in the teacher or the babysitter or whatever role that may be. And, um, yeah, it's it's a clear distinction for me of, like, when they've crossed the line into the gotcha. other side. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can still see within a submissive who isn't doing that age play role play. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it's just like, oh, I want all the cute baby stuff without having a baby. So <laughs> we get to play with, you know, the cute frilly things and the stuffies and the snack time and whatnot. And yeah, okay. I feel like there's so much innocence that you can really twist and pervert, be perverse about. And uh, when I like to play, I like to play with all realms, not just like the present, but like, let's pull up something deeper. Let's pull mm -hmm. up your past. Let's call upon that and see how you feel, because that's going to make you really feel it and then process it later on. Okay. So... There's a lot of, I mean, now that I say it out loud, this this is very obvious, but there's m much more of a psychological uh, element here with age play and regression and things like that. So is there also a physical side to it? Does there have to be, or is it just more of the regression and role play? There is never a strict rule of like there has to be this with that. It's honestly the feeling, the ultimate feeling that you're getting out of it. Um, when someone walks in and you can do age play without diapers. You can do diaper play without age play. You can do 
pain to somebody without even hurting them physically. True. So it is, you know, a wide gamut of how well you, how creative you can get, how innovative you can get. And uh, that is exciting to me because I love exploring, you know, the deep depths of creativity. (laughs) Well, I'm as I continue going through my list of questions, I forgot to mention earlier that I get most of my questions from Twitter. And when (laughs) when it comes to age play and whatnot, the the questions have been rather kind of one oh one. You know, I, I filtered mm. out quite a few of the, you know, the the Twitter trolls, as I call them. But um, for a lot of people, age play is a little bit more uh, bizarre and very standoffish. What would you say to someone with that so strict of a mindset that they can get beat and fucked with a strap on, but uh, age regression? Nay, nay. Which is fine. Everyone has their limits and their boundaries. Good on them. I would ask them, though, when, please think back on when you first got this fetish. Because there are some people who I ask, so how'd you get into foot fetish? And they're like, oh, piano school. I was like five and I was watching my piano teacher pressing the pedal with her feet. And ever since then, I love feet. So let's take it back to that moment. Let's take it back to that time or something like that. There are so many things that we have been exposed to at a young age that we don't really know until it like hits us later on in life. We're like, whoa, you know, Wonder Woman. Come on. How old (laughs) were people watching Wonder Woman? And she is hot. She is sexy and she's Mm -hmm. tying people up. Okay. That right there. (laughs) I fell in love with Xena, the warrior princess, um, Mm -hmm. who is, you know, going out there beating people up and is a lesbian. And I was like, okay, this really shaped a lot of my life (laughs) growing up. Now that I'm looking back on it. And, you know, that that makes sense because, you know, my I'm pretty sure my fetish for bondage comes from two separate places. When I was a little kid, Saturday morning, I watched uh, Batman and Robin, you know, Adam West. And Mm -hmm. every other episode, someone was tied up struggling uh, in bondage and rope and uh, diabolical machines and. It it did something to me. I was like, this is really fun. And the other one was, I believe, maybe first grade. Uh, one of the people I kind of had a little, you know, kinder crush on uh, brought their father in for career day. Father just happened to be a cop. And we all kept chanting, let's see your gun. Because, you know, that's, yay, guns wow, in schools. that's such right? an American mm. thing. <laughs> Jesus. So he thought, okay, before I just pull out my gun, why don't I pull out my handcuffs? And, you know, he playfully uh, handcuffed one of the students that I had a kinder crush on. And I remember that stunned my first grade little self. I'm like, that's that's really fun. I like this for some reason. Mm-hmm. So thinking about that, yeah, uh, our fetishes are kind of brought up in more 
the younger stage, isn't it? Definitely. And I feel like when you can revert back to younger age where there was less judgment because you weren't judging yourself as much, you're more open-minded to exploration. Anything Hmm. is possible. Because at a young age, you're just like, I don't give a fuck, whatever this is. I don't know what it is. It's okay. It's okay to kiss whoever it is because whatever, you know? But as an adult, you're like, there's like so much preface of like, oh, is is it okay if I lean in? What if she takes it wrong and whatnot? But yeah, take them back to a few years previously and they're just like, it's okay to explore. You're in a safe space. Do it. (laughs) One of the questions I got from Twitter, and uh, this one got a lot of uh, a lot of thumbs ups, was how do you even negotiate uh, an age play or a regression? Because we all remember being kids of all kids have ADHD. I think you know we we some grow out of ADHD, some don't. I didn't. But, <laughs> you know, so how do you negotiate and then stick to? a scene where an age regression can happen. Be able to pivot. Be able to pivot. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's the same as babysitting a little child. They're going to want this, change their mind, do this and be like, Oh, these are all the fetishes that I wanted to tick mark off of the checkbox. Right. Cause they're like, I'm paying money to come see you. And you're like, yeah, but mommy knows best and I'm going to do what's good for you. (laughs) (laughs) So the negotiation is like, hey, I hear you. I see you. And I'm going to do what I think is good for you. And at the end of the day, they're just like, wow, that was fantastic and amazing. And I didn't know that I needed that. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) because I'm listening to you physically and mentally and I'm seeing it from a different perspective than the I want perspective because oftentimes when you want something right even as a kid you see a kid playing with another toy and you're like I want that toy and then you get that toy and you're just like ah doesn't have that same feel anymore you like don't really care about it you know it wasn't like that amazing Um, But to make that thing that somebody wants to be that golden ticket or whatever, right, is to really ask the key questions of how do you want to feel? And that is my main negotiation. I can ask you about your physical limitations and uh, the things you don't want to do, things you want to do. But if I don't know how you want to feel, I'm not going to get you there regardless of whatever, even if we do the things you want to do. And then it just flops. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, so age play, regression, sometimes it can be just the role play of, of like parent and offspring. It could be, uh, aunt and uncle and niece and nephew it can be a a large range of different things which is your favorite to do that is the question that popped up quite Mm -hmm. a bit Ah! (laughs) is what dynamic is your favorite to play with in top space in in uh you know adult space i guess would be the the way to say it 
funny is that I love to do the easy teacher-student role, but okay. reverse that. So I'm the student overpowering them as a teacher. If we're not oh. doing age play, if we're not doing age play, then I will be the the student. And mm. like, yeah, which is super fun. Overpowering <laughs> the dirty professor. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's um, a fun thing there. Yeah. In terms of family dynamics that I like to play, I like to play mommy. Okay. Um, there's just a deep-rooted, intense Asian tiger mom that wants people to do their best and push them to excel and succeed in whatever they do in life. And so, yeah, not everybody has that or has had that or they might want a reminder because they're older and they don't have that type of relationship with their parent anymore per se but yeah being a mommy dom was very gratifying okay. for me well fantastic now we did talk a little bit on on fet life uh, is before we move on to this next topic, is there anything else you wanted to say about uh, diaper play, age play, mommy, uh, si- not not sibling? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I stutter. For those of you watching the live uh, version, yeah, I stutter. I'm not going to edit that out. All right. So, uh, any more things that you just want to say about you know age play, diaper play? any of the dynamics there exploring that for if you're new anything like that i think this is the most outlier and the most taboo of all the kinks and i would like to ask people just to ask themselves why do you have such a negative emotion or feeling towards it And that's it. I don't want you to do anything with it. I don't want you to try to change it. I'm not trying to be like, you should be into this. It's just like, understand yourself better and understand why you don't like it and find that like deep rooted, whatever it stems from. And then from there, you can change that maybe. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you should probably do that with with any kink that you totally. might have a problem with. Yeah, that, that is a great thing to just be like, why do I have this feeling? <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to the, the next subject that you uh, wanted to bring up, which is ball busting. <laughs> <laughs> ball busting seems to be one of those really popular things where you, for someone who who owns a penis and genital uh, <laughs> penis and balls that I don't I don't even know what I'm trying to say anymore. <laughs> so as someone who owns the testes, uh, you're either full into ball busting or you are fully against it. It it, it seems to be right down the middle of people who love it and people who just hate it, but. So what, what, for those of us who just don't know or maybe are against it, what, what is the appeal for someone to get their balls busted, either kicked or trampled or what we've all seen what's on Twitter and the rest of the internet. So, <laughs> so what's the appeal? 
I think is the the question to bring up. I think first of all, it's like recognize that whatever you see on social media, whatever you see on porn is the extreme. Oh, yes. This is for show. This is for like, you know, we're trying to sell this content. Right. There is no you can absolutely explore this in a scaled back version. A slight slap, a slight like kick, you know, just like pulling on it with a little bit of weight or something. It doesn't have to be intense or insane where you almost lost your balls for it to be considered <laughs> ball busting. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. And the appeal of it a is that you can have bragging rights of like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the mm, the masculinity aspect of like, I can take that. Yeah, I'm strong. I'm buff. Just leads, just like is your entire body now, right? Mm -hmm. To the most precious, sensitive parts of that. As well as, or and or, um... It could be that it is the, because it's like your, the idea of which you could potentially pass on your sperm to create a lineage, right? And you're messing with that. Mm. The okay. idea of which you could, quote unquote, destroy this. A possibility <laughs> is super hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, Where I you gotta can mess up a whole bloodline. <laughs> a whole bloodline. I, I have to give you props right now because I've been doing this podcast for five seasons. You are now the third person in all of the episodes I've done that have said, hey, porn isn't exactly real we are trying to sell this this is the extreme so for all of you listening yeah don't get any sort of idea from porn actually do some research yeah. and figure out your kinks porn is literally like watching a marvel movie <laughs> <laughs> you mean i can't pull a helicopter back to the helipad just using my biceps seriously <laughs> <laughs> that is what porn is they are like stunt doubles you know yeah. we're doing stunts we're working the camera angle we're doing different things we're adding in noises that weren't even there. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing with the lighting. There's so much that goes to it. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So ball busting can be more of the, uh, what the, I think it was the new topping book called, or no, the new bottoming book called the warrior sub mentality. Or mm -hmm. the the masculine I can do this mentality, uh, but also kind of the 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 mocking of your masculinity and the potential you know messing up of the lineage as as we put it. That was I never thought of that one before. That was interesting. But uh, <laughs> okay, so. I mean, there's a lot of people on, you know, on Twitter, on FetLife, on everything else 
that when they do ball busting, when they're the ones busting balls, they everyone just assumes that, oh, well, I like to, you know, kick men in the balls. But, you know, what what else could there be besides just I want to kick someone in the balls? Like what brings you to want to be on the top side of ball busting? I'm going to start with how this all started for me as my very first kink and fetish. I was in fourth grade and I was playing, see, age. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was playing soccer and I kicked someone accidentally in between their legs and they fell to the floor. And the power I felt where I was like, what? I just made this guy (laughs) fall to the floor. This is so cool. Um, So, yeah, that side or that aspect of it where I could bring someone who is, quote unquote, bigger than me, stronger than me, more, you know, physically eh, capable than me to the floor, kneeling, you know, in tears, in a lot of pain so easily. That was what really just sparked joy in my life. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, that is, um, that's a cool story. I I like that one too. (laughs) All right. So we also, this is kind of a first for me. Uh, You sent me some questions. Uh, I'm going to be interviewed on my own show. That's, that's a new one. I like this. Yay. (laughs) Uh, Would you like to uh, read the questions that you sent me or would you just want me to address them? I don't have them in front of me. Gotcha. So, yeah. (laughs) So you sent me, what is your advice for complete beginners to explore this side of them? Are we talking uh, just kink in general? Kink in general, whether they're dominant or submissive, it doesn't really matter. Just like. Okay. My advice for someone completely brand new, just, you know, they grew up, they wanted to try something, they never really addressed it, but now, fuck it, let's try it. My first thing I would suggest is start doing your research. Actually, you know, read some books that are out there. There's plenty of literature out there. Uh, Try to stay away from the fiction part of it to get your your knowledge from everything don't go to 50 shades of fuck off uh (laughs) you know don't go to you know any of the the bodice rippers or anything like that but actually do your research you know find um books from leatherman's for leatherman find books like the new topping book the new body meme book not playing well with others um Ultimate Guide to Kink, you know, all of those are out there, as well as find your community, find people to actually meet up with, have a meeting of the minds, Um, you know, in in Los Angeles, because I just moved from there, uh, there's Sanctuary LAX, there's Threshold, there's all of these actual brick and mortar places that you can go to and go to classes, Go check out a play party. Go just immerse yourself in kink. But I may not suggest everyone do what I did. I jumped into the deep end, almost drowned, and found (laughs) out that I like being in the deep end. 
So <laughs> go at your own pace and make sure you don't <clears throat> get frenzy and you don't get frightened. Just enjoy yourself. Just a little tag along to that. Yeah. Uh, thanks to the pandemic, there is mm. so much information online now. Oh, yeah. So many courses online that you can find from very um, just top quality information from top quality doms and players out there. Kingsters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that have been recorded and put online. Um, a lot of podcasts, a lot of, you know, there was a, in a couple of conventions that were completely online and all of the classes were recorded and they're now online for everyone to enjoy. Um, there are people out there as well doing online classes like my friend Queen Anna Blue. She does a lot of online content, a lot of book clubs, a lot of things like that. So just find, you know, the subject that you want to immerse yourself in, whether that be bondage, age play, foot fetish, what have you. And you'll find somewhere to start. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. The pandemic did have a lot of cons, but, you know, there was still a couple of new industries that popped out of that. So uh, the next question you sent me is, what is a red flag for you when people approach you? And what is a green flag? So a red flag for me is... A lot of times people will come up immediately using, uh, you know, the title of master, master gear or master reverend or calling me sir or something like that. If we're not in a dynamic together, that's kind of a red flag for me because a dynamic uh, is a very precious thing to me. If we're playing and you call me sir and it's been negotiated, that's great. If you're introducing me like, oh, hey, you know, this is Master Reverend Gear. And then just keep calling me Reverend, Rev, Gear, whatever. That's fine. But when people come up to me immediately uh, getting into a more bottom or submissive role, when we haven't talked about that, that's a huge red flag for me. And it's also a pet peeve. So I find that very interesting. Oh yeah. Because I have the opposite idea. Okay. Yeah. If I am out there and someone is just like, oh hey May, I'm just like, we aren't friends. Excuse <laughs> me. We are not on a first name basis. Okay. You can refer to me as Miss May, even though they I'm not their mistress, but it's I just right. feel like it's a part of my title. So very, very interesting take on it. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's a good point as well. If someone doesn't know me, you know, it it it's one of those things where, you know, Reverend is not what's on my birth certificate. Yeah. <laughs> this is a persona <laughs> that I get to live uh a lot more than my normal uh, birth name, which I find really fun. But, you know, there are a lot of people out there that insist on, oh, well, no, uh, you will call me master so-and-so or sir so-and-so or mistress or goddess or fill in the honorific blank. 
but that's that's just not really my my thing. If someone comes up to me and goes, uh, well, you know, hello, Master Gear. Cool. If it's just that greeting, that's fine with me. But if they keep what I call dynamic speech while we're talking, well, oh yes, sir, and thank you for asking, sir, and this and that is like, no, we're not we're not in that dynamic. Um, my girl and I are in that dynamic, and that's that's. Other than that, I'm too much too much of a you know free flowing individual. I I I'll stand on ceremony when ceremony demands it. Other than that, let's just lay back and have fun. That that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. I respect yours as well, though. That that does make a lot of sense. Of what well, you don't know me like that, and that's kind of also my stance. If someone calls me sir constantly, like no, you don't know me like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same reasoning, but the opposite. <laughs> right. I, yeah. <laughs> I get that. All right. the The second part of that is what is the green flag uh, when someone approaches me. The green flag for me is how do they treat myself, my slave, and the people around them? The green flag for me would be if they acknowledge my girl. Because a lot of times when people hear the word, oh, that is their slave, then, oh, well, obviously they want to be treated like this and ignored and this and that. And I... No, that that's you don't know my girl like that either. So it's just one of those if you approach me out of dynamic because we don't have one, some random person coming up to me and treating my girl like they don't have a dynamic, that's a huge green flag. Come up to me with with your mind and your heart open and I will return the same. That is the green flag to me. Very much so. I feel like it's always open. (laughs) Like if you are going in with the mindset of like, oh, I want this from somebody or like, oh, this person's going to give me this. This is never going to happen. But if you go in and you're just like, oh, hi, I have this to offer you and it'd be cool. It'd be nice. And then I'll be like, great. (laughs) <laughs> cool, we'll see if we can collaborate on something. This is great. This is good. Right. But don't come I here expecting stuff. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's one there's one story that I immediately think about. And this person I mean, I I don't know. I, I know a lot of my uh femme leaning individuals listening right now will understand this, but Someone walked up to me and expected me to look like how I look like online. <laughs> we were doing uh, to uh, I'll explain listeners because, you know, some of you might not have gotten my my thing just now. Um, normally, when you see me on FetLife, I'm wearing a suit. I'm wearing my cover. I am looking sharp. I'm sometimes wearing a corset. I'm, I wear fancy stuff and I look good because I wanted to look good. But I was doing setup at DomCon. I am sweating. I am 
bruised, dirty, you know, my hand is bleeding from the grid wall and I am not wearing a suit. And this individual who followed me on FetLife and, you know, just fell in love with this persona of who I was, uh, looked at me and went, oh, you're not how I expected you to look. And I just went, oh, really? Is it the dirt, the grime, the sweat? What, what exactly is it? You, you didn't expect me to be human. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> And a I lot of, like... oh, please. Oh no, please, please. Well, I know a lot of the, you know, a lot of pro doms feel this a little bit too hard because they, I don't know. There's a mentality out there where dominants are just lounging around in latex and leather and just waiting for an ass to kick. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is um, just a continuation of what we do to celebrities and tabloids and it's so unfair to take photos of these individuals who are literally on their time off you know just living their own life and then blowing it out of proportion and then slandering them for the way they look and I'm just like well Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe they just had yeah. some bad news. Maybe they deserve to not wear makeup for once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that it's just bad reminds... for your skin. <laughs> yeah, it, that reminds me of that uh, that meme when uh, the Justice League came out. They showed you know Aquaman you know in the gym really just pumping iron and sweating like crazy. They showed Wonder Woman in the gym post workout with you know her hands look raw and just she's really training and dieting for this movie. Then you see Ben Affleck in his, in his SUV eating McDonald's and it's like, Oh, well, you know, not everyone has to look like uh, a superhero to be a superhero, but they, they threw a lot of shame and uh, a lot of shade at Ben Affleck for that, for, for that photo. And you know, it, it's exactly that, um, you know, what we were talking about. Yeah. Just, damn. I feel like there's so much pressure for the exterior upkeep, right? Like, Oh, yeah. For, I don't know, I feel like, especially for women, mm-hmm. you're expected to have your eyebrows on point, wear makeup and, like, you know, lipstick, and your hair has to be perfect, and... You have to have a different outfit every single day because mm-hmm. then your photos start looking all the same. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> right. And, you know, you have to have a mani-pedi every other day. Yeah. And, yeah. and the reality of it is like, it's not sustainable. Right. I feel like, yes, there are some who love to do that and see it as self-care. And there are others who see it as work. Yeah. And we just got to appreciate and accept it. And, you know, when you see a hot girl, tip her. <laughs> she worked hard for that. <laughs> and guy, too, you know, like, oh, just yeah. tip them. They are looking, they are putting their best foot out there. Mm-hmm. And you're judging behind your computer. Yeah. So, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. And the the last question you sent me was, what do I think is an underrated fetish? And I have been struggling with that one since I read it. Um, uh, an underrated fetish. Because I'm into a lot of mainstream ones, and I'm into a lot of things that have later become mainstream. Like, when I first started in the kink scene, chastity wasn't that big of a deal. Now, 14 years later, it's like every other person in the dungeon is wearing a chastity device, or has worn a chastity device. Um... That is a hard question because for me, what could be underrated could also be someone else's like number one thing. So I don't know how to answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> what is one kink that you would really like, not per se promote, but like would like to expose others to because it might not be so. I don't know, in the media. Mm. Well, for that, I'm going to go ahead and say some form of electro play, if you can do it safely. Uh, for me right now, I haven't been able to participate in electro play in a while because I have a, a glucose monitor on my arm, and no one quite knows what would happen to that glucose monitor <laughs> I don't, they, they're pretty sure nothing bad would happen to me, but the glucose monitor might stop working and things like that. But I became obsessed with Violet Wand a long time mm. ago. It is one of those where I get to put in pain, pleasure, tickling, sensation, all in one thing with one toy. And uh, just if you haven't tried Violet Wand play, I would highly suggest you try it out. It is mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> it was, it's so good. I love that. What about Thank you, you yourself? Oh, I wasn't expecting the question to be asked back <laughs> at me. Oh, man. I would say <laughs> underrated. Mm. I think a simple one that I do all the time <laughs> is face slapping. Okay. It's not like, a, again, it's not your porn of like, I want to slap you until your face falls off. I do it super <laughs> playfully uh, with just people around me. Um, but I pair it along well with uh, chewed up food. <laughs> Okay. So I love, again, to be a mama bird, <laughs> feeding my little baby birds with food. And it's mm. like a twist on spit, but you're playing okay. with a lot of different textures. And uh, there are some things where you're like, oh, that was nice. And to a lot of other stuff where it's like, oh, that's so gross because <laughs> this is not the texture of what it actually is supposed to be. And this all started primarily from one Halloween. I uh, was like, oh, I fucking love candy. I want to eat all of it, but I don't want, like, all the sugar. So I put it in my mouth, chewed it, and 
spat it out into my submissive's mouth. And I was like, this is yours. This is your gift. And he loved it, obviously. You know, it's chocolate. And right. I was like, this is great. I got to eat unlimited amounts of candy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was a win-win situation. And now I do it with so many different things. And you get to play with um, if they're, you know, blindfolded or closing their eyes you get to play with the sound effects of it as well mm. kind of asmr get up close to them chew next to their ear kind of like feel the crunch biting down onto it it just like sends shivers down their spine and tingly and then they get to like smell it and taste it at the same time it's yeah <laughs> you know that's <laughs> now that you say it like that 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 does sound actually very intriguing. Um, <laughs> there are two things that that you said that I want to jump back to, and the first one is, what texture has been a negative, like almost punishment for some people? Because you said it's not what it's supposed to be like. It's not the same. What has gotten the negative reaction that you can remember? A couple things to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. How much have you chewed it? What is your bit to food ratio? <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, so you can play around with those. I think the one that they really did not like was uh, a t- tortilla uh, wrap. Would you just oh, like, okay. whatever, it's tortilla wrap. But then, like, when you really slosh it around in there, it was nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love to also play as like, oh, this is your baby food now, you know, like what mm, mom is giving okay. you because you can't chew yet. <laughs> it's real <Okay>. fun. <laughs> that, that's that, that's funny. I like that. I feel like um, the um kind of reminds me of like the Lady and the Tramp style, but like twisted. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like the lady brought brought all the. Uh, uh, spaghetti into her mouth and just went, oh, you wanted this? There you exactly. go. All for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, the other part that I wanted to run, uh, you know, turn around uh, is actually ASMR is one of those those kinks that is so new. It had a giant explosion and now it's kind of gone a little bit underground again unless you search for it. But I think ASMR can really be uh, a very underrated kink. You know, if if you find someone to do it the way you like. Because for me, a lot of ASMR people really talk with the, all the spit in their mouth and, and they scratch the microphone. And it just, that just weirds me out and I have to leave. <laughs> but when you were talking about... Um, someone having the blindfold on or their eyes closed and then you know just that sultry voice in one ear going how you doing baby just that quick mm, a little bit of a voice growl a little bit of that like sultry and the hot breath kind of like just on the side of the neck big thing for me kind of underrated because you know it's it's been around the ASMR is new, and then just the the leaning up close and doing that kind of hungry whisper 
has been around for so long that people just don't really think about it as a kink anymore. But uh, that is kind of an underrated thing for me that I I absolutely adore. Very much so. Mm-hmm. It is. It's like what you dream about when you fantasize, you know, like that very moment of them stepping closer to you. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get to feel them. I'm going to feel the warmth. I'm going to like, what are they going to say to me? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that moment is the the moment that you see in the movies you know yeah leaning in and you're just like oh i'm melting panties (laughs) wet instantly (laughs) oh and then sometimes just not even talking at all and just the growl the purr the just mm, that My allergies are going crazy right now, but let's see if I can do it at all. Just that quick leaning up and that I don't know if you heard it at all because, again, my throat's going crazy. But that just back of the throat, almost T-Rex style growl is, oh, that just, you know, shakes my soul. (laughs) I love Mm -hmm. that. Very predator and prey. Exactly. Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. We are running a little bit at a time. We're almost at an hour. Um, It has been so good getting to know you and chatting with you on all these things. Uh, Before we head out, though, where can my listeners find you? They can find everything on my website at missmailing.com, M-I-S-S-M-A-E-L-I-N-G.com. com. <laughs> All right. Well, um, any, any final thoughts before we head out? Uh, the thing that I always say to all of everybody is, uh, this is before I even did kink. But uh, my one key thing that I would like to leave you with is if you're not having fun, don't do it at all. Ooh, that is so close to what we say on this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Our catch line is if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Mm, Very close. So very close. And uh, that that just made me happy. It's like, all right. All right, Kingsters. Uh, Again, you can find everything at MissMailing.com. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. It has been such a pleasure to meet you. Um, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll have you on again at some point soon. All right. I love that. (laughs) All right, Kingsters. We're going to head back to the studio for our outro. Well, Kingsters, I want to say thank you again for joining us. Uh, wow. Give it up one more time for Miss Mei Ling. That was a lot of information. Very fun individual to be talking to. And I hope to have her on the podcast again. But um, right now, we've got to say goodbye. But first, a big shout out to all my sponsors, FetishForLife.com and SanctuaryLAX.com. And thank you to all of you. I'm the Reverend, and I'm out.